a January 6th defendant finds himself outside of a fi uh, field office in Cincinnati, Ohio, and decides that he's going to shoot at it. And boy, do I have questions about that one. Luckily, it seems that nobody seems to have believed that, and that story is actually disappearing out of the news quite quick. So we'll talk about that, but not for very long. Merrick Garland has come out with a statement about what happened on Monday, also divulging that they were out looking for nuclear secrets. We don't know if it's weapons, energy, or anything. They just said nuclear, and luckily, because of the nature of nuclear, it's top secret, and they'll never have to produce the documents. So we'll talk just a bit about that and my disbelief in that, and there seems to be a lot of disbelief as well going around that. In other news, an oil rig and a flour mill in the U.S. both went up into flames. The flour mill, at least, has been considered a total loss. So we'll talk just a bit about what's happening with that. And if we can possibly get down to it, I've been teasing it for the last five days, but Amazon has bought iRobot, the maker of Roomba. And a lot of people have a lot of concerns about that. It is going to be all this and more. Welcome back to Midterm Season. I am Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. Good morning, Edheads. Welcome to Contemporary. Hey, guess what? We have over 60 tabs across the top of the screen again because there's so much information that goes along with this entire FBI raid, and we've got to talk about it. And it just, it seems like it's getting worse every day. It's another one of those stories where the more that comes out of it, the worse it seems to get. And I'm very glad to look out onto the, onto the Twitter sphere and see that so few people actually believe what's going on with that. It's... Uh, the FBI story, that was the one, like, right away, as soon as it happened, I tweeted it out, and a lot of other people were at this and said, oh, it's a fed. I imagine the scene went down in Cincinnati one day. They're all sitting around the office, and they said, we raided their orange messiah! Why aren't they shooting at us? Come on, just shoot! Come on, take, make an attack! We want to have another January 6th! And I'm willing to bet that, especially, this is the one that really gets me. The person who did the shooting was also a January 6th defendant, so <clears throat> I have questions. I have a lot of questions. A person 
can come out and make the heinous attack at two of the major honk honk anti-government events that have happened out there. But we'll talk about that. That's actually, I think, going to be top story after we get done with finance, I think. Yes, it is. That's top story. So we'll go over that. We'll talk about nuclear secrets. We'll listen to Merrick Garland's speech. It looks like it wasn't actually very long. It was only a couple minutes. So we'll listen to that. We'll listen to some other selections of that and go over that as well. We've got a lot to go over. So let's get started. Before we do, make sure you go and check out uh, all the great creators who are helping to launch a better news experience for your listening pleasure. In a way that is by the common man for the common man. Of course, I'm talking about the Daily Ignoramus, the Breakdown with Birkenhoff, the R-rated Conservative, and the Porch Boys. So we'll be talking just a bit about them. Also, make sure you go check out Katie Z. Katie Z is not here over on Twitter, who just appeared on PJ Patriot Show. So is it PJ Patriot? Did I get that wrong? I don't know. This is like only the second time I've listened to him, which is a shame because he's a cool guy. Uh, possibly new sponsorship coming down. I will be uh, talking about that if that's something that I enjoy as well. So we'll be coming down from that. Go check out Katie Zed. Go check out uh, Brit Tweets by Brit over on Twitter. She's another one who's helping to spread the message among the common man for the common man. So go check out all those people. Let's get into finance and let's get started because we've got to we've got to stay on task for this one. I say that knowing that we never stay on task in this program. Let's get started. Looking in at the Dow. To start off with, the Dow closed yesterday at 33,336.67. That is a big fade throughout the day yesterday, but it does look like the futures are looking back up. Now, as we can see, because we've had the futures looking up throughout most of the day, and it did close up, by the way. I'm not going to say that it failed yesterday, but it was only a few points above where it was on the previous day, less than 30 points above. But the futures were way up throughout the day, or at, before the trading yesterday. And then they jumped up again at the open and then just kind of faltered throughout the rest of the day. So that is what we are seeing off of that. I would kind of... Here's the thing. I don't want to see the seniors get punished. Because that's where their retirement is in. And I talked to my dad about this a little bit last night. He had mentioned the fact of how much he actually lost through the markets on his 401k but i mean when i look at something like this it's the fact of you also need to punish these investors and the fastest way to get these investors punished for coming in and trying to hold up what's happening in the government and their spending spree is to come back and say hey if you don't change your policies to something that is friendlier to the people who are on 401ks who have their money in these markets we're not going to vote for you anymore but you know, again, the interim of that is a lot of people who are on retirement start to suffer. So we'll see what happens with that and where that goes. Looking in at the Bitcoin, let me refresh this out here, across the day today, your Bitcoin stayed steady throughout the day. It took a big jump and then it took a little tumble again off of this. 23,797.80 is the current US dollar amount for Bitcoin that is down on the day 146.40, bringing this out to five days. It's up 620.50, but coming through and looking in and seeing what happened across the day yesterday, it looks like it has taken a fairly significant tumble. 
over the past 24 hours. So something to watch if you're up on Bitcoin. It does look like there are going to be some people who are panic selling at this point. I'm not sure what is the catalyst for that other than inflation, obviously. I'm going to tell you, I went to the grocery store and I did buy a little bit ahead more than I usually would. Typically I do, as far as fresh meat or frozen meat, just get what I'm going to eat throughout the week. Maybe a couple little things here and there to go and have either emergency rations out there or to have something if it's on sale. But I did buy three pork loins that I normally would not have bought because they were on sale on this past, uh, what, the, what the hell day did I go? Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Three of the Hormel pork loins that are pre-marinated. I figure I can just throw those in the freezer and those make two meals for me. And it's just, you know, it's just me. I don't have a wife. I don't have any kids. But between getting those and the meat that I did anticipate eating throughout the week, uh, we walked away with a $70 grocery bill for next to nothing. And I was incredibly disappointed when I saw that. But it is what it is. And by the way, it's going to get worse. I'm starting to stockpile a few vegetables. I need to go find myself a pressure canner of some sort because I'm going to can up some fresh vegetables, but I'm also grabbing cans of beans. There's no such thing as canned broccoli. Grabbing some frozen vegetables when I can because I know it's about to get worse. I know once the harvest starts coming in, we're going to start to see some of those prices jump, and we already are. And shrinkflation, too. I can't believe how little celery is in a package of celery that used to be, like, full. It used to be a pound of celery or more. It's still 89 cents, but it's like half the size of what it was. So some things to continue to watch as we go from there. Uh, looking at gas, which is also not going to be some good news. Now, some of this does have to do with the story that we will be covering after the Mar-a-Lago stuff. The fact that there was a major oil fire down by Cuba on one of the rigs that they're using to provide fuel for this country. So that is going to put some instability into the market. So you're going to start to see some upswing on the price again do i think we're going to crest four dollars in madison in the madison area i don't think so i think they're going to either use the strategic reserve or what they have left for that and they're still pumping that into the markets but also the gas tax holiday to hold it well for my market if it does even have to go up i think for our market it's going to be 380 is going to be the ceiling before midterms and then of course it's going to get worse again but yes we've got the 336s that are out there but also 338s and 339s across the madison area and one at a quick trip on university avenue is up to 345 so if you need to go get some fuel now would be the time to do it but that's what we see coming off of that let's grab one from investors business daily Dow futures signal modest market bounce. China stocks sink on the move from Ed Carson. Dow futures rose modestly Friday along with the S&P and the NASDAQ. Alibaba and other Chinese listed stocks skidded as several state-owned firms announced plans to delist. The stock market rally came off Thursday morning highs as the major indices neared fresh resistance levels while the energy prices and treasury yields picked up. Several state-owned enterprises, including PetroChina, China Petroleum and Chemical, China Life Insurance, Cytopec, Aluminum Corp of China, announced Friday they will voluntarily delist from exit from the New York Stock Exchange that comes amid an ongoing U.S.-China dispute, with the SEC threatening to delist Chinese firms if they don't comply with U.S. auditing rules. 
And I'm sure the Taiwan thing right now is not helping them either, just so you know. Alibaba, JD.com, PIN, Duo, Duo, Neo, Xpeng, and many other US-listed Chinese firms fell, though they have paired some initial pre-market losses. On the earnings, shares of Rivian edged higher before the open amid up-and-down trading. After the EV startup reported mixed second-quarter results, Rivian stock rose 4.1% in Thursday's session, Illumina dove 15% after missing quarter two targets and offering weak guidance. Uh, advice on Rivian. And this would be, and I don't know if Bill Ford, or I don't even know who the CEO is. I thought it was Bill Ford still. Who's the CEO of Ford right now? Jim Farley is the current CEO of Ford. I don't know if this message will ever get to Jim Farley or not. But if it did, this is what I would do if I was you, Jim Farley. I would go to Amazon and I would say, good job, nice try. I am buying the rights for Rivian. We're going to shut down the Rivian thing entirely. And I'm going to package out these trucks with the word Ranger Lightning on the back and put an oval on the front. That's what I would do. And I understand that Amazon wants to have their fingers in this because they want to have the exclusive. I'm getting the delivery vans for it, but I mean, your company's not going anywhere. Cut your losses, turn it over to somebody who has been marketing board vehicles for a hundred years and let the experts handle it. You keep working on trying to get me cheap stuff in two days. Moving into the late earnings season, the bulk of June quarter earnings have so far met or exceeded expectations, but the market continues to treat missteps with no mercy. It's a healthy reminder that investors should stay nimble, ready to react to market strength or weakness. Own Semi, EQT Corp, Penske Automotive Group, Builders First Source, and Tesla are working on handle or handle-like patterns. EQT and Builders are actionable while Own Semi quickly backed off an early entry on Thursday. Builders First Source is on Swing Trader and was Thursday's IBD stock of the day. Own Semi is on the IBD 50. On the futures, Dow futures rose 0.3% versus fair value. The S&P advanced 0.4% and the Nasdaq climbed 0.4%. Crude oil declined more than 1%. Natural gas prices sank 3%. The 10-year yield fell 3 basis points to 2.86%, which meant they went up 11 points throughout the day yesterday. Remember, overnight action in Dow futures and elsewhere doesn't necessarily translate into actual trading in the next regular stock market session. Let's read one from Seeking Alpha very briefly, and we'll get into the main news of the day. NASDAQ, S&P, and Dow rise as market awaits one more inflation number. And that's probably going to be the producer price index. Stock index futures point to a higher open Friday following a lackluster session the day before with gross sectors on the front foot before the bell. Maybe the recent longer end yield rises actually reflect a view that the Fed will be less likely to need to choke the recovery off now inflation is cooling, Deutsche Bank's Jim Reed said. Where is inflation cooling? And they're, they're still trying to gaslight you off of this. Inflation is not cooling. They lied to you. 
And these people should be able to analyze this chart and know that they lied to you. Fuel oil is down 11%. That is the main driver. If you, I would love to see what the seasonally adjusted price is for fuel oil. Medical uh, is down too, but that's also not seasonally adjusted because there's less demand for that right now. People are losing their jobs. People have less insurance. People are having to take part-time jobs to survive. So they're not going to the doctor as much. But also, as mentioned, nobody is out there filling up their uh, fuel oil tank right now to heat their homes. So of course that's down. Of course. We see a lot of that right now. Once the demand picks up, that's going to be a different story. And by the way, we are looking at a harsh, harsh winter coming up here. Not a COVID harsh winter like the Brandon admin tried to tell us, but an actual harsh winter. But we'll continue to watch this. Shortly after the start of trading, University of Michigan's preliminary consumer sentiment figures arrive. This index is expected to rise slightly to 52.5, but it's the inflation expectations number that will be closely watched. The inflation expectations component has been falling and could well fall further. UBS chief economist Paul Donovan said, This is not because consumers believe the Federal Reserve. Many do not know what the Fed is or does. It is because gasoline prices have fallen. Yeah, but everything else went up. The market seems a little less confident in a 50 basis point Fed cut uh, next month. The odds are now 60-40 in favor. Late Thursday, San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly reiterated her president's, uh, preference for a half-point cut, but saying she's open to a bigger move if the data supported it. Well, the data still supports it. And that is lame. Because the data shouldn't be supporting it. Take all the restrictions off, turn off the news, except for this program, turn this program on, but turn off the mainstream news and go out and live your life. Not sitting in fear waiting for the DNC to tell you what it is you're supposed to be afraid of. All right, let's get into the main news of the day, and we've got a lot of that. From WLWT5. That is an NBC affiliate, I believe, out of Cincinnati. Armed suspect who tried to breach Cincinnati FBI building dead after standoff, police say, from WLWT staff. An armed suspect was shot and killed by law enforcement after an attempted breach at a Cincinnati FBI building led to a standoff in rural Clinton County, according to Ohio State Patrol. Oh, so it's a standoff in the rural area that nobody could see? It starts out down in the middle of Cincinnati. Well, as as far as somebody who just tried to shoot up a uh, an FBI headquarters, that's probably the smartest thing to do. But it just it leaves me more questions than answers. According to Ohio State Patrol, it started around 9 a.m. when an armed man attempted to breach FBI Cincinnati's visitor screening facility. An alarm went off and FBI special agents responded when a man fired a nail gun at law enforcement. Sources tell NBC the man held up an AR-15 style rifle before fleeing into a vehicle north on I-71 leading Ohio State Patrol in a pursuit. Police said during the pursuit the suspect fired shots from his vehicle before getting off the highway stopping near Smith Road in Clinton County. 
That's when the police set the suspect and officers exchange gunfire, leading to a standoff. Did his, did his car run out of gas? Stopping near Smith Road in Clinton County seems like a bad idea. And I don't even know where Smith Road in Clinton County is, but that seems like a bad idea, you guys. Law enforcement official, uh, officers attempted to negotiate with the suspect, were, but were unsuccessful. That's when officers attempted to move forward and take the suspect into custody, but those efforts were also unsuccessful, OSP said. The suspect later raised a firearm toward law enforcement and shots were fired by officers on the scene. The suspect was pronounced dead at the scene, OSP said. No officers were injured in the standoff. Police have not identified the suspect, but NBC News reports he has been identified as Ricky Walter Shipper. Director Ray released a statement following the attempted breach and fatal standoff. Unfounded attacks on the integrity of the FBI erode respect for the rule of law. Well, you have to have integrity for, in order to have an unfounded attack on it. The respect for the rule of law and our grave disservice to the men and women who sacrifice so much to protect others. Violence and threats against law enforcement, including the FBI, are dangerous and should be deeply concerning to all Americans. Every day I see the men and women of the FBI doing their jobs professionally with rigor, objectivity, where, and a fierce commitment to our mission of protecting the American people and upholding the Constitution. I am proud to serve alongside of them. Your mission was to take care of prohibition in the Tommy Gun era. You're about a hundred years overdue to be shut back down. The Cincinnati FBI office released a separate statement about the incident on Thursday night and said they will be investigating the shooting. On August 11, 2022, at approximately 9.15 a.m., an armed male subject attempted to breach the visitor screening facility at the FBI Cincinnati field office. The subject eventually fled and was encountered by the FBI, Ohio State uh, Highway Patrol, and local law enforcement near Wilmington, Ohio. The suspect shot at law enforcement officers during the incident. The law enforcement also fired their weapons. At approximately 3.45 p.m., the suspect was shot and is deceased. The FBI is now reviewing the agent-involved shooting. The FBI takes all shooting incidents involving our agents or task force members seriously in accordance with the FBI policy. The shooting incident is under investigation by the FBI's inspection division. The review process is thorough and objective. Honk, honk. And it's conducted as expeditiously as possible under the circumstances. So, and I've got a couple other angles to this, but just on the initial. This has been a uh, story that's moved and Again, changed a couple times. Alright. It's interesting to me that it just happened to be that the guy that did this was a January 6th guy. A guy who was at the Capitol and I believe is out on bond, which meant that he, it would be illegal for him to have the firearms. Now, it's not confirmed that that's him, even though several news outlets have released the name. It's not at this point confirmed to the public through official Kevin channels that it was him. But the fact that we're going straight to a January 6th uh, suspect, that makes me have some questions. 
I don't believe this. In fact, again, the majority of what I see out of this is, especially after two days, they've had all of Tuesday and all of Wednesday to vent and foment their anger in a very, very, very ill-advised attack. When you've waited two days, something else is up. This was not a spur-of-the-moment thing. And again, as I said at the top of the show, one of the things that I really think when I see something like this, and right before Merrick Garland is about to give a speech taking all the blame for this, is there are a few FBI agents who are sitting around with their hands on their guns. Come on, do an insurrection. Come on, come on, come shoot us up. We we went after your orange messiah. Come on, do something. Do do a domestic terrorism, please. My other question, and this is the really big one, is he did this with a nail gun. He walked in with a nail gun, which has a lower range. It's quieter, I'll give it that, but it has a lower range. And less ability to do damage quickly. And then dropped the nail gun and waved around his AR-style rifle. Now, I have no intention on taking a fight to the government. You all know that. My intent is, if the government wishes to do me harm, to wait for them to come to me. And if I have to defend myself, they have been the aggressor on the situation. As should everybody else. Typically, when you start to see people saying, Hey, let's go shoot up the FBI headquarters! That person glows in the dark. If you turn off the lights, you start to see a, a, a nice luminescence around the person. That has always been my stance with dealing with the government. Defend myself, defend my family, don't be the aggressor in the government's affairs. But if I were to be in a situation where I would need to take the fight to the government and I had a nail gun and an AR-style rifle... Folks, I'm going to start with the AR-style rifle. I'm going to start with a thing that has the better chance of taking a few of them with me. Because I know if I'm going into a situation like this, I'm not going to walk away from it. I will wind up deceased. That's a given. And we're already, like when I was around Twitter yesterday, when people were talking about this, I quote tweeted and I said, Fed. Because I don't believe it. And neither does anybody else. We've seen evidence that the FBI orchestrated the kidnapping of uh, Gretchen Whitmer to entrap people. There are inklings and rumors of the fact that the FBI probably orchestrated January 6th. We don't have evidence of that, but we do have inklings and a lot of rabbit holes that lead down that path. So at this point, why should I do this? And the best part of the statement Unfounded attacks on the integrity of the FBI erode respect for the rule of law. I will say, the reputation that I am attributing to the FBI in making the statement that I positive that this was a Fed that did this, the FBI worked hard to have that reputation. 
They worked very hard to have that reputation that they go out and set these false flags up in order to entrap people or make a political motive. But as far as that goes, I don't believe it. Uh, NBC is saying confirmed that this is uh, who this was. Uh, two officials familiar with the matter identified the suspect as Ricky Walter Schiffer. Uh, man raised his gun and opened fire. A little bit of a timeline here. FBI Cincinnati said in a statement an armed subject had tried to breach the building, visitor screening facility at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time. The breach triggered an alarm and the person fled into the interstate, the statement said. Dennis said that just before 10 a.m., the suspect exited the highway, got out of his car, a white crown Victoria. The choice of law enforcement for years and something that you can go and get really cheap, really quick. Giving me more questions. Officers tried to negotiate with him throughout the day. Dennis said, adding after a time, the negotiations failed. In an effort to take him into custody, officers fired less lethal munitions, Dennis said. Shortly before 4 p.m., the suspect raised his gun and was fa uh, fatally, officers fatally shot him. And then, of course, coming back down to, In the days after the FBI searched Mar-a-Lago, the Trumpers are on the online forums talking about violence against the FBI. Now, the glowing ones are trying to foment people into doing this. Also, they went for six hours. Now, Ohio is a big state. Where did they say this happened? Where they shot him? They want to get back. Shut up. I know they said in this article. Smith Road in Clinton County. Let's see. Clinton County, Ohio. And that is near Wilmington. I'm not seeing six hours of drive time there. He only went maybe 40 miles. Now, looping back around, but just go on the interstate to get off the interstate and stop at uh, at Smith Road, which we'll, let's let's bring this over here. So somewhere in here, and I don't know where the field office is in Cincinnati, but somewhere in here is where all this started. And somewhere in here, just off of I-71, which is right here, is where it ended. Excuse me when I say that I have questions. Why did it take you six hours to get from here to here? In a situation where looking at the topographical map, it looks like it's relatively flat. So if they did, for whatever reason, have to stand off, or maybe if it did only take them 20, 40 minutes to get out there. And again, I don't know where he started from in Cincinnati or where he stopped along I-71. 
in Wilmington County. So in a journey that should have taken 30 to 40 minutes. If you're in a standoff for, let's say five hours outside of a car in Flatland, Ohio, the mountains don't start until over here. Could you not, did, did he have so much cover that you, you couldn't? Did, did he go into a building that you couldn't come back out and take him from behind? Something, anything? Can, it, can, can we see some body cam footage of this? Something, anything? This has just left me with more questions than answers. We will skip the CNN article. No, it looks like they did it out on the road. Hmm. Yeah, I have questions, but I'm probably always gonna have questions because I have this feeling this is gonna just drop out of the news. Let's keep going. Breaking news as of last night. FBI raided Mar-a-Lago to search for top-secret documents on nuclear weapons, report claims. From Ryan Saavedra. Federal law enforcement officials were allegedly searching for highly classified documents on nuclear weapons when they raided former President Trump's home in Florida earlier this week, according to a report. The Washington Post, where democracy goes to die in darkness, claimed in a report that those familiar with the matter did not offer any specific details of course they didn't, on whether the alleged documents on nuclear weapons were about weapons that were possessed by the U.S. or a foreign nation, and they did not disclose what was recovered during the search. If that was true, it would suggest that material residing unlawfully at Mar-a-Lago may have been classified at the highest classification level, said David Lofman, the former chief of the Justice Department's counterintelligence section, which investigates leaks of classified information if the FBI and the DOJ believed there were top-secret materials still at Mar-a-Lago that would lend itself to greater hair-on-fire motivation to recover that material as quickly as possible. Investigators reportedly recovered classified material, some of which was labeled as top-secret. A.G. Garland said during a press conference Thursday that he personally approved the search warrant on Mar-a-Lago and that the Justice Department was moving to unseal the warrant. Well, yeah, now that they have cataloged everything that they had in there, they can go back and fill in the blanks. But don't worry, it'll still be dated as uh, August 5th. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. At Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, Garland said the department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in the matter. I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter, Garland later added. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Trump responded to Garland's remarks by saying the FBI raid was not needed because his legal team had been cooperating with the Justice Department. 
My attorneys and representatives were cooperating fully, and very good relationships had been established, Trump said in a state, uh, response to the press. The government could have had whatever they wanted we, if we had it. They asked us to put an additional lock in a certain area. Done. Everything was fine. Better than most previous presidents. And then, out of nowhere, and with no warning, Mar-a-Lago was raided at 6.30 in the morning by very large numbers of agents. Huge, large numbers of agents. Excuse me. And even safecrackers. They got way ahead of themselves. It's crazy. Just learned that agents went through the first lady's closet and rubbed through her clothing and personal items, Trump continued. Surprisingly, left area in relative mess. Wow. Yeah, that sounds about the way that Trump tweets, doesn't it? Nobody else has that pattern when they tweet. But let's be... Let's not get out ahead of a, ahead of the skis here. Now, the secrets are supposedly, allegedly, about nuclear weapons. Which means, and this is the important part to this. This will never, ever need to be produced. Garland is never going to be held to account and said, Okay, show us what you have, if you're so confident that you have it. We're waiting. That's never going to happen. And further, I mean, aside from the fact that we're, we're running from, you know, the P-tape to Russiagate to very fine people to January 6th to nuclear secrets. Yeah, I don't believe this either. And again, we're starting to look at this and say that nobody else seems to believe this as well. But there's never going to be a proof. We'll get the warrant unsealed mysteriously after they've gone through and cataloged everything that they have and said, oh, this was totally what we were looking for. And the other side that I have trouble with this, and this is as much of a criticism to the Daily Wire as it is to the Washington Post and CNN when they do this as well. My only source on this is, sources say, I don't have a, this is the person who came out and alleged that these were here. This is the agent that went through this. This is the agent that said that yes, this is, a, this is just anonymous sources say. So, that is one of the things that we see with that. From Business Insider, Donald Trump's endless attacks on the FBI's Mar-a-Lago raid is pressuring Merrick Garland to break the DOJ's no-comment norm until there's an indictment, if that ever happens. From C. Ryan Barber. In the feverish speculation around the FBI's search of Mar-a-Lago, Republican leaders have called the Justice Department to release details about the unprecedented raid of former President Trump's estate in South Florida. But it may have to wait a while. Amid the clamoring for transparency, the Justice Department and FBI have responded with a familiar refrain in ongoing investigations, no comment. Well, there's been a comment now, and we'll go look at it. 
Indeed, even as some of Trump's uh, Republican critics have demanded deeper explanation, A.G. Garland has remained silent for the Justice Department. Well, no, he hasn't anymore. This uh, I'm going to go out and say that this article is actually probably outdated. So we're going to skip this one. Let's get rid of that. And let's listen. I've got a couple clips of this. We'll look at this one, then we'll go over and check the C-SPAN, which is... The comments on C-SPAN are only four and a half minutes, so we should actually probably be able to get through those, but I want to see what this is first. Oh, by the way, I've, uh, I have not listened to this yet. I got a TLDR from Brady Leonard of the No Gimmicks podcast over on Twitter, but that's all that I know about this, so I'm hearing for this for the first time. So no spoilers if you've listened to this already. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Hey, I just got a guideline strike. And I don't know what. And it wasn't for this video, it was actually for... And I can't even see what it is. And that's why, actually, we're down on YouTube. And I actually can't stream on YouTube until November 10th. Would you like to share anything else?
I appealed, but especially if it's late day. Now, and I accepted the the one. Yeah, apparently I can't stream for a week now over on YouTube. But I appealed. I accepted the first one because I knew that that's what happened. So apparently somebody struck me. That is lame. That is all kinds of lame. And they took down this video too, so. Especially if C-SPAN winds up getting on there, that's... That's going to be, because I know that that was, uh, was out on, uh, what the, f God damn it. Yeah, I looked over while I, because I saw that there were uh, notifications over on the, uh, on the Discord, and I looked up, and I got the question of what happened to the YouTube stream, and I looked up, and sure enough, my YouTube stream is down. Due to a community guideline striker copyright issues, you can't live stream at this time. Really? Because it was going. Well, we'll be uh, setting up the backup channel, apparently. So, as soon as I've got some information on that, we'll come out and we'll figure out where to go from there. But, yeah, my channel with 316 subscribers, I can't stream from right now. All right. Let's keep going. So now that I completely, you guys heard it, but I missed it. We're actually going to listen to the full Merrick Garland statement here from C-SPAN. So let's have a listen to that. One can speak English as a rule. And I know we have a relative now who is uh, visiting here. Who? Good afternoon. Since I became Attorney General, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, 
who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public information of the search in this matter. The surrounding circumstances, faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. Well, at least he, uh, at least he doesn't uh, do what Biden did and just walk out and ignore the questions. He at least said, oh, no, 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 I, I can't answer your questions right now. But yeah, he's pretty much out there and saying it. No, no, I did it. It was me. It was all me. Now, my question there is, is he, did he actually do this? Is he getting thrown under the bus to try to distance? Because the White House has done everything they, that they can to distance themselves from this. The White House has themselves come out and said, no, no, we, we knew nothing about this. We, we didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil.
And it just, it's stunning to me the fact that, I don't know, is I don't know what to say with this. Also, I'm still a little bit flustered over the fact that, yeah, my YouTube stream got taken down. All right. From the Daily Wire, Biden AG Merrick Garland admits he personally approved Trump's search warrant. President Biden's AG Merrick Garland announced Thursday that he personally approved the FBI search warrant on the home of former President Trump this week, and the department has moved to unseal the search warrant. Showing up more than 30 minutes late, Garland did not answer any questions and gave very little information. The announcement comes after federal law enforcement officials raided Trump's uh, Florida residence at Mar-a-Lago Monday morning to retrieve documents related to the National Archives. Newsweek reported that the FBI specifically targeted three rooms at the residence, a bedroom, an office, and a storage room, and that the information used to obtain the warrant was based largely on information from the FBI confidential human source. The report said the confidential informant told the Bureau what documents were taken and where the documents were located. So we're out here with a warrant on a sources say and also by the way it's that they targeted three rooms a bedroom an office and a storage room does it really take nine hours to do that Uh, the report said the federal officials waited until Trump was out of state to execute the search warrant at the property because they wanted to be as low-key as possible. Agents were reportedly at the property the entire day and were dressed in plain clothes, leading staff to believe that they were U.S. Secret Service agents, which is why news of the executed search warrant did not leak. What a spectacular backfire, a DOJ official told the publication. I know that there is so much speculation out there that this is political persecution, but it really is the best and worst of the bureaucracy in action. They wanted to punctuate the fact that this was a routine law enforcement action, stripped of any political overtones, and yet they got exactly the opposite. Another senior U.S. official told the publication that the FBI created the very firestorm they sought to avoid by ignoring the fallout. Yeah, they're still trying to come back uh, out with this and trying to turn this into something. And by the way, the Biden simps love this still. They legitimately do. They they love this. And they, oh, oh, he's going to jail. That's actually trending on Twitter right now. He's going to jail. Trump is going to jail. All right. Got some more information outside of this here. From the Blaze Garland, I personally approve the decision for FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, this is from Chris Pandolfo. We're going to skip through this a little bit here just because of overlap. Uh, the AG also announced the Justice Department has filed a motion to unseal the warrant in the Southern District of Florida. Garland would not comment on the ongoing investigation other than to say the warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the finding of probable cause and that it will be made public in light of Trump's comments on the FBI raid and the public interest. Well, Trump has already come out and said, release it. It's gone. Release it. 
Uh, Trump condemned the raid in a blistering statement on Monday, accusing the Biden admin of weaponizing the Justice Department against him. The former president later suggested that FBI agents were planting evidence against him, which would not surprise me. Trump attorney Christina Bob told NBC News Tuesday that agents seized about a dozen boxes from Trump's home and that a copy of the search warrant left at the Mar-a-Lago residence indicated agents were investigating possible violations of the Presidential Records Act and Trump's alleged mishandling of classified material. The National Archives and Records admin said that 15 boxes of presidential records, including classified materials, were previously retrieved from Mar-a-Lago earlier this year. The Trump family say they've been cooperating with federal authorities to turn over presidential records for months. Earlier this spring, Trump's office received a grand jury subpoena for classified documents. Believed to be remaining at Mar-a-Lago, Fox News reported Thursday, the FBI reportedly visited Trump on June 3rd to retrieve the subpoena documents, and Trump complied with authorities. While visiting the residence, FBI investigators were reportedly showed areas where documents had been stored and requested that a lock be put on one storage room where records were located. Trump complied with the request. Later, the former president claimed the FBI agents broke the lock they had asked him to install to access the storage room where boxes of documents were kept. So, again, we've got a lot of problems with a situation like this. First problem, of course, sources say, and sealed warrant. Second, there appears to be full cooperation. Third is nuclear secrets that will never be able to be divulged to the public. And the fourth, and probably the most important, is the FBI chose a time when he wasn't home to go back out and do this where there'd be a minimal Secret Service presence and the president himself wouldn't be there. They chose the time to go back out and, and make this happen. Which is funny because even though he was in New York ready to go give a deposition to Letitia James, people are still saying that he was simultaneously in Florida flushing documents down the toilet. But that's that. From Fox, Newsweek blasted for incorrectly claiming Merrick Garland didn't know about the FBI's Trump raid. Twitter users blasted Newsweek Thursday for, uh, after U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland's admission that he approved the FBI's unprecedented raid on former President Trump contradicted their previous reporting. On Wednesday, Newsweek reported the senior Justice Department source says that Garland was regularly briefed on the Records Act investigation and that he knew about the grand jury and what material federal prosecutors were seeking. He insists, though, that Garland had no prior knowledge of the date and time of the specific raid, nor was he asked to approve it. With emphasis added, Sean Davis, the co-founder of The Federalist, slammed Newsweek on Twitter after Garland's remark, retweeting another user who posted a link and a screenshot from the article with a comment. According to Newsweek, the Mar-a-Lago search was not approved by Garland. Ray approved it, but Garland was not asked to do so. That strikes me as kind of remarkable. More proof, not that you needed any, that the corporate media is full of liars and morons, Davis wrote. It took three days to go from he knew nothing to praise be that Garland personally approved raiding the home of the man who blocked him from being on the Supreme Court. He continued. And again, Garland should be recused 
He should be forced to recuse himself from this investigation just on that fact alone. So Garland just contradicted this report, Chris Pendolfo, curation editor for The Blaze Media, tweeted. Former Obama NSC spokesperson turned Pod Save America host Tommy Veter tweeted, So the Newsweek scoop that Garland had no advanced knowledge of the FBI is utter bullshit. No surprise there. So, yeah, they, they tried. They tried very well to distance themselves from this. From the Daily Wire. The White House keeps claiming it learned about the Trump raid events from the press. You know, just like Fast and Furious. From Mary Margaret Olihan. President Biden's White House continues to distance itself from the Department of Justice's raid on former President Trump. A White House official told the Daily Wire that the White House was not aware of A.G. Garland would be addressing the raid on Thursday, and the, the admin learned from the press about his remarks. Now, you know that's not true, and I know that's not true, but if that was true, I'm sorry, that makes the admin look worse. Not better. Press Secretary Token Diversity Hire similarly denied on Tuesday that the White House knew about the FBI raid on Trump's home, claiming that Biden was not given any notice beforehand. The AG shared with public on Thursday that he personally approved the raid on the former president's Mar-a-Lago home. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and our democracy, he said. Upholding the law means applying the law evenly without fear of favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. Asked if the White House was concerned about the appearance of an attack on another president, uh, diversity hire said Tuesday Biden has been unequivocal in his belief that the rule of law and refused to comment on any in ongoing investigations at the time. Biden also ignored questions from reporters on Tuesday regarding the raid. Video footage shows the president walking by reporters and ignoring their questions on the topic the day after agents raided the former president's Florida residence. They are going out of their way to distance him from this because they took the temperature on this across the public. And even some on the left are looking at this and saying, dude, what the hell? Dude, settle down. From ABC, Congressional Republicans call Garland's remarks on Mar-a-Lago search insufficient. Congressional Republicans were quick to pan Merrick Garland on uh, Thursday remarks on the FBI search of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago, calling the Attorney General's comments insufficient and insisting the Justice Department release more information behind the unprecedented raid, even as Garland said that he wants the search warrant unsealed. Okay, here's my question. Why haven't we seen it yet? Then how much is going to be redacted off of it? Because Garland apparently wants it unsealed. The judge wants it unsealed. The judge who made it wants it unsealed because he's done filling it out now. Trump wants it unsealed. What are we waiting for? I mean, the first question is going to be, have we 
Have we heard it already? Is it out there and I missed it because I'm in the midst of both reporting the news and getting shut down on YouTube? But GOP lawmakers said the Justice Department's motion to unseal parts of the warrant would not cut it, demanding that more information behind the search's genesis was needed, given the gravity of the operation at a former president's home. Sources previously told ABC News that it was in connection to documents that Trump took with him when he departed Washington, including some records the National Archives said were marked as classified. The primary reason the AG and the FBI are being pushed to disclose why the search was necessary is because of the deep mistrust at the FBI and DOJ when it comes to all things, tweeted South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham! A close Trump ally. What I'm looking for is a predicate for the search. Was the information provided to the judge sufficient and necessary to authorize a raid on a silky smooth former president's home within 90 days of the midterm election, Graham wrote. I I'm urging, actually insisting that the DOJ and the FBI lay their cards on the table as to why this course of action was necessary. Until that is done, sugar, the suspicion will continue to mount. Other Republicans directly criticized Garland, who said at a press briefing that he signed off on the search warrant for Trump's residence in Palm Beach, Florida. Merrick Garland personally approved a search warrant to take down Joe Biden's top political opponent. This is a politically motivated witch hunt, tweeted Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. The FBI and DOJ became politicized under uh, Obama, and this has continued under Biden. The FBI has become an attack dog to help the Democrats achieve their own political ambitions and silence dissenters, added Ted Cruz. Marjorie Taylor Greene went even further. We must defund the FBI, dismantle the DOJ, and gut the agencies of political biases and persecutions. Based. Meanwhile, Wyoming Rep Liz Cheney, perhaps the most visible anti-Trump Republican, wrote on Twitter, I've been ashamed to hear members of my party attacking the integrity of the FBI agents. Well, again, you have to have integrity to attack in order to attack integrity. Involved in the recent Mar-a-Lago search, these are sickening comments that put the lives of patriotic public servants at risk. Should probably make sure I'm still on Twitch, huh? I'm sure somebody went out and did a... Uh, did a flagging raid. The reaction comes uh, after days of GOP demands for Garland uh, to release the warrant and explain the rationale behind the search. Garland on Tuesday said authorities acted by the book, and he indicated that carrying out his duties required seeking the warrant. And nobody still believes it. From the blaze. Senior DOJ officials blast the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago a spectacular failure, the worst in the bureaucracy in action. 
A senior Justice Department official condemned the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago as a spectacular backfire for triggering a tsunami of backlash against the Justice Department. Two senior DOJ officials spoke with Newsweek and disclosed new details about what led up to the raid. According to one official, the FBI specifically planned to conduct the raid when President Trump was not present, which is one of the things that I have questions about. Trump was in New York at the time of the raid, Fox News reported. What a spectacular backfire, the senior DOJ official said of the FBI's attempt to keep the raid low-key. I know that there's much speculation out there that this is political persecution, but it really is the best and worst of the bureaucracy in action, the official explained. They wanted to punctuate the fact that this was a routine law enforcement action, stripped of any political overtones, and yet they got exactly the opposite. The second DOJ official told Newsweek the FBI were seeking to avoid any media circus, but they also created the very firestorm they sought to avoid in ignoring the fallout. The officials explained the FBI had been planning the raid for weeks after receiving information from a confidential source about allegedly classified documents being stored at Mar-a-Lago. Newsweek reported the information both identified the documents and told the investigators where they were located. Importantly, the sources told Newsweek that A.G. Garland did not have advanced knowledge about the specifics of the raid. Instead, uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray approved the raid. I know it's hard for people to believe when the DOJ official said, but this was a matter for the U.S. Attorney and the FBI. So, there are a lot of people that have a lot of questions about this, not just me. Another Daily Wire one, voters split on Mar-a-Lago FBI raid, Trump gains 2024 support, according to a survey. Let's do some statistics, shall we? About half of registered voters support the Department of Justice unleashing the FBI agents to storm former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago compound in Florida on Monday morning. An exclusive snap poll from Politico and global market research firm Morning Consult garnered early reaction on Wednesday from a sample of 2004 registered voters that asked a series of questions surrounding federal law enforcement acting on a search warrant to reportedly retrieve documents related to the National Archives. When asked whether or not voters approved of the FBI's decision to conduct a search warrant on former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida, 49% strongly or somewhat said yes. The breakdown divided voters into several demographics, but overall, the poll revealed that 84% of Democrats, 47% of Independents, and 15% of Republicans support the FBI scouring the Trump residence. Lawyers for the Department of Justice present during the raid reportedly informed Trump's representative that he had the search warrant, gave them full access to everything on site. However, reports have claimed authorities blocked the former president's lawyers from observation during the raid. Federal agents executed the search warrant because they reportedly believed Trump held back, turning over all the classified information, which included documents marked as top secret. Let's skip on to the poll. Pollster sampled that three in four voters had seen, read, or heard about the FBI's unannounced visit on Monday morning, with 54% of the sample believing Trump mishandled classified information. Others assumed the raid was either about January 6th or something else. Nearly 70% of Republicans sampled agreed with President Trump, who called the raid political persecution and a witch hunt on Truth Social. 
These are dark times for our nation, as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, is currently under siege. He said at the time, they even broke into my safe. It's political targeting at the highest level. Still, 49% of voters driven by Democrats and independents lean more towards believing the authorities were looking for evidence of a crime that Trump had allegedly committed. And while 63% of Republicans believe the raid was an abuse of power, they should be investigated. 62% of Democrats said otherwise. Yeah, it falls almost completely on party lines. This has been, by the way, my most important problem. You know, Garland came out during the January 6th uh, hearings that said, we're watching this closely, looking for charges that we can bring forward. We're looking for this. We're, we're watching closely. And my question there, especially with Garland, who was passed over by a Supreme or for a Supreme Court seat, I've said from the beginning Garland should be recusing himself for this. But most importantly, right now, is in today's politically polarized climate, with appointees being appointed by the political enemies of the people that they're going after, who is objective enough to prosecute this case? I said the same thing during the Hillary thing. I've said right from the beginning, Hillary's never going to jail. And it's not just because of accountability. It's because it would be impossible to get a fair trial. Both because they would have to try her in D.C., I believe. Although that actually, they might have to do it in New York. Because the, the smashing of the cell phones happened in her home. But regardless, either D.C. or New York, you're not going to find a district judge who can be objective into this just based on the politics of that alone. But if the DOJ gets involved, your attorney general, who was the first one? I know the second one was Bill Barr. Trump first DOJ. I'm sorry, attorney general. Sessions. So either Sessions or Barr, which, I mean, Barr turned out to be a political actor in and of himself to work against the president, but for at the time when we looked at it, either Sessions or Barr to go to prosecute this, both appointed by the political enemy of the person who was being prosecuted. How do you square that circle and make that into an objective investigation rather than something that's driven by politics like this is? Even if everything... Every I is dotted and T is crossed. There's always going to be an air of politicization over this thing. And my most important allegation of if they can do this to you, or I'm sorry, if they can do this to the former president with armies of lawyers and billions of dollars in assets that they can turn into cash in a fairly short amount of order, they can do it to you. They absolutely can. From CNBC, Justice Department seeks to unseal Trump raid search warrant. AG Garland says, 
And we are up on the nine o'clock hour, which means we gotta see what we can get through for some of the rest of this stuff. There is one in light of what happened on YouTube today that I do want to go over because of the people who have their thumbs on the scale. But in just a little bit of short order, we will be going over the live chat as well. Uh, let's see, from CNBC, Justice Department seeks to unseal Trump raid search warrant, A.G. Garland says. Good, let's see it. And let's get an unredacted version too, although I guarantee that's not going to be the case. From Dan Mangan. A.G. Garland said the Justice Department asked the federal judge on Thursday to unseal a search warrant that was used by FBI agents to raid the Florida home of former President Trump three days earlier. That request came after days of pressure by Republican lawmakers and other allies of Trump and the Justice Department to explain why it authorized what is believed to be the first ever search of a former president's residence in connection with a criminal investigation. The Justice Department is seeking to unseal the warrant and an inventory of items seized by the FBI during the search of Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach. But the department is not asking the judge to unseal the affidavit of probable cause, which would detail how authorities believe a crime was likely committed and why there would be evidence of the crime in the location targeted in the search. However, the warrant itself is likely to list the criminal statutes related to the search. Well, good. Let's see it. That's more from the Garland speech. And Trump himself has also made a statement authorizing the release of the FBI warrant used to search Mar-a-Lago. Former President Trump authorized the release of an FBI warrant late Thursday that was used to search his Florida residence at Mar-a-Lago earlier this week. The news comes after federal agents spent the majority of the day at the Trump home while he was out of state searching for alleged classified documents that he was supposed to send back to the National Archives earlier this year. A.G. Garland said at a press conference Thursday that he personally authorized the FBI search warrant. Uh, let's see. The former president had until 3 p.m. on Friday to inform the court if he objected to the unsealing of the warrant. President Trump says, Not only will I not oppose the release of documents related to the un-American, unwarranted, and unnecessary raid and break-in of my home in Palm Beach and Mar-a-Lago, I am going a step further by encouraging the immediate release of those documents, even though they have drawn up by radical left Democrats and possible future political opponents who have a strong and powerful vested interest in attacking me, much as they have for the last six years Trump said in a statement, This unprecedented political weaponization of law enforcement is inappropriate and highly unethical. The world is watching as our country is being brought to a new low, not only on our border, crime, economy, energy, national security, and so much more, but also with respect to our sacred elections, Trump added. Release the documents now. So he's on board. Garland's on board. Let's see the documents. Show me the documents. I want to see the documents.
That's so lame, by the way. Midstream, they cut me down. We'll see what happens with the appeal. All right, there are some things that I did want to make sure that I got to today. There are a couple things that I wanted to make sure full on that I got to. So we're going to get to some of those here. Uh, this one here, well, this one I want to do first. Given the fact that I just got a community guideline strike on YouTube for misinformation for claiming the election was stolen, which I'd like to see the evidence that I claimed that or that somebody on my stream claimed that, especially because the stream that got hit, by the way, was the Trump speech. And I ran out of battery before he started talking about, oh, no, it it was honk honk. It, it was gone. And and it was, it was totally the word I can't say. Well, I'm not on YouTube. It was totally rigged. Rigged, I tell you. Completely rigged. Twitter released this statement yesterday talking about the same thing. Our approach to the 2022 midterms by Twitter. Twitter is the place to find real-time, reliable information about the 2022 midterms. Whether you're looking for breaking news from reporters, information on voting, or policy positions from candidates, we aim to enable healthy civic conversation on Twitter while ensuring people have the context they need to make informed decisions about the content they encounter. Because we're a global service, there's almost always an election happening on Twitter. Today, we're announcing steps we're taking ahead of the U.S. midterms to protect civic conversation on Twitter. As a key part of the Twitter rules since 2018, our civic integrity policy has helped people find credible information during elections and other civic processes, including in the Philippines, Kenya, Australia, Brazil, and India, India rather, just this year. So those are the countries where Twitter has their finger on the scale. Today, as we do ahead of other global elections, we're activating enforcement of our civic integrity policy for the 2022 U.S. midterms. The civic integrity policy covers the most common types of harmful, misleading information about elections and civic events, such as claims about how to participate in the civic process, like how to vote, misleading content intending to intimidate or dissuade people from participating in the election, and misleading claims intended to undermine the public confidence in an election including false information about the outcome of an election. Tweets with this context may be labeled with links to credible information or helpful context, and Twitter will not recommend or amplify the content in areas of the pro uh, product where Twitter makes recommendations. So, finger on the scale. People on Twitter will see a prompt prior to liking or sharing labeled tweets, and in cases where there's potential for harm associated with a false or misleading claim, the tweet may not be liked or shared to prevent the spread of misleading information. Well, that makes you a publisher, Twitter. You're not a platform anymore. You're a publisher. Which means you don't get 230 protections. So something to watch for for that. This one I've actually been trying to get to for a few days and a few new developments came from it. So I moved it up to the top from CBS. Why military aid in Ukraine may not always get to the front lines. 
I have read through this and they've updated it since then. This article has been updated to reflect changes because people on Twitter were bagging on us and calling us Russian disinformation. Since the CBS Reports documentary Arming Ukraine was filmed, the documentary is also being updated. Jonas Oman says the delivery has significantly improved since filming with CBS in late April. And this is an article. I'm going to paraphrase this for the most part because the meat of it doesn't get on to the end. But the, the paraphrased version of this article is that it an investigation was done. And by the way, I can't believe for a second now that Democrats have turned on Amnesty International either. That blows my mind. But they did. Uh, but the crux of the article is that while we are sending billions of dollars over to the Ukraine for their defense fund, only about 30% of it is getting out to the front lines. And CBS went on to an investigative report as to where. They put this out with the tweet, and we'll be talking about this with Fox News, and they got panned by a number of people. Now, a lot of us came out and liked the tweet and said, hey, you know, we've been saying this since February. But they got royally panned by the people with the Ukrainian flag on there. CBS is the Kremlin. They're the new arm of the Kremlin. They're the new arm of the Republicans. They're Russian propaganda. They've always been Russian propaganda. Hey, we've always hated CBS. That was my favorite one. We always hated CBS. No, you didn't. You were singing CBS's praises during the midterms. CBS went out and did journalism for this. And they got panned for it. And then they walked away with their tail between their legs. When I went to present this the first time, I meant to present this with the tweet that people were panning so we could go through some of the comments. But, and Fox News confirms this, CBS News deletes tweet claiming only like 30% of the U.S. military aid for Ukraine ever reaches the front lines. From Lindsey Cornick. CBS News announced changes to its upcoming Ukrainian documentary after deleting a tweet suggesting that only 30% of the U.S. aid has been reaching the front lines of the war against Russia. On Friday, the news organization originally tweeted a promotion for its documentary, Arming Ukraine, which reportedly tracked the billions of dollars in the U.S. and weaponry being sent to the country to fight Russia's invasion. The tweet revealed a claim by a nonprofit founder. Amnesty International, by the way, who reported a majority of the funding does not reach Ukrainian front lines. The new CBS Reports documentary, Arming Ukraine, explores uh, why much of the billions of dollars of military aid the U.S. is sending to Ukraine doesn't make it to the front lines, like 30% of it reaches the final destination, stream now, CBS News wrote. And there is the tweet before it got deleted. We removed a tweet promoting our recent doc, Army Ukraine, which quoted the founder of the nonprofit Blue Yellow, Jonas Oman's assessment in late April that only about 30% of the aid was reaching the front lines in Ukraine, CBS News tweeted. Yeah, we know. We've known that for a long time. That's common knowledge. threat continues. Since that time, Oman says delivery has improved. Additionally, the U.S. military has confirmed that defense attaché 
Brigadier General Garrick M. Harmon arrived in Kiev in August for arms control and monitoring. We're updating our documentary to reflect this new information and air at a later date, CBS News concluded. The Twitter account also linked, uh, included a link on the site's report. On the documentary, the article was updated on Sunday to reflect changes on Ukrainian funding. But this didn't come without consequences for the global machine. From the Daily Wire, Republican lawmakers demand more accountability over Ukrainian aid after CBS report. From Leif LeMahieu. Republican lawmakers are demanding more accountability over the billions of dollars of aid sent to Ukraine following a report stating that some of the aid was not making it to its intended destination. A report from CBS last week detailed that, especially early on in the conflict, oversight of weapons transfers from the U.S. to Ukraine was limited. One source told the outlet in April that as little as 30% of the supplies were making it to their counterparts. Now Chip Roy is on board, Dan Bishop is on board, and all I have to say is that Rand Paul was roundly mocked for this. And he was the first one that came out and did it. He was absolutely the first one to come out and say, Hey, I have questions. Let's do something about this. Alright, what else do we have that we have to get rid of? Get to, not get rid of. Here's one. Pendleton flour mills engulfed in flames considered a total loss. From Michaela Bourgeois. The Pendleton flour mills went up in flames after a small fire that began Tuesday afternoon reignited early Wednesday morning, officials said. Fire crews initially received reports of black smoke coming from the mills with no visible flames just before 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Pendleton Fire Department extinguished a small fire but remained on the scene for fire watch, according to Pendleton Police Chief Chuck Byram. The fire reignited at 4 a.m. Wednesday, leading to the structure being fully engulfed in flames due to the dry grain. Pendleton Police said the fire appeared to be knocked down shortly before 11 a.m. Wednesday and noted the building is a total loss. The public is asked to avoid the area due to amount of slow-burning grain. Authorities said Southeast Dorian Avenue and Southeast Emigrant Avenue are closed near the mills and asked those in the area to take Southeast Court Avenue and Southeast Fraser Avenue for east-west traffic. Really? So another staple of our supply chain has burned this year. How? Wh what are we up to now? It's not an insignificant number. And this is the one that is going to affect the prices of your staple goods. The flour that you buy to go home and make stuff homemade, your bread, your cakes, your brownies, your cookies, and a myriad of other stuff, by the way, too. So no word as to what started the fire. No talk about that, but yep, another food processing plant gone. From CNN, speaking of processing and supply chain issues and the fact that we said at the top of the show gas is going up slightly around here. Cuba's worst ever fire brought under control after burning for five days at oil depot, officials say.
coming to CNN from Reuters. Firefighters on Tuesday finally overcame what officials described as the worst fire in Cuba's history that over five days destroyed 40% of the Caribbean island's main fuel storage facilities and caused massive blackouts. Reuters witnesses reported the raging flames that ravaged a four-tank segment of the Matanzas supertanker port had died down when the towering plumes of thick black smoke streaming from the area were diminished and now mostly gray. Matanzas is Cuba's, uh, Cuba's largest port for receiving crude oil and fuel imports. Cuban heavy crude as well as fuel oil and diesel stored in Matanzas in 10 huge tanks are mainly used to generate electricity on the island. Lightning struck one fuel storage tank on Friday. The fire spread to a second on Sunday and engulfed the four tank area on Monday, accompanied by huge explosions despite efforts by local firefighters, supported by more than 100 Mexican and Venezuelan reinforcements. Firefighter Rafael Perez Garaga told Reuters on the uh, steaming outskirts of the disaster that he worries the fire would impact the power situation in the country. Yeah, there's going to be that, and there's also going to be what happens to this country. Because, of course, Cuba's going to run out to go try to buy up whatever oil they can to go try to refill this, to try to keep their energy reserves going. And while it's probably not a huge consumer of oil, on a supply chain that's already strained by war efforts in Russia, war efforts in China and Taiwan, and cutting off the fuel uh, oil production in this country. We found another strain. The situation is going to be more difficult if the thermoelectric plants are supplied with that oil. We're going to have the whole world affected. It is electricity and it affects everything, he said. The communist-run country, under heavy U.S. sanctions, is all but bankrupt. Frequent blackouts and shortages of gasoline and other commodities have already created a tense situation, with scattered local protests following last summer's historic unrest in July. So that's something to watch. And by the way, they're still driving around in the old early 50s Bel Air in that country. All right, what else do we have? From CNN, U.S. Justice Department to charge Iranians with trying to assassinate John Bolton. From Hannah Rabinovitz, Marshall Cohen, Jennifer Hansler, and Kylie Atwood. The Justice Department announced criminal charges Wednesday against a member of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps for allegedly trying to orchestrate the assassination of John Bolton, who served as a senior national security position during the Trump and Bush administrations. The alleged plot was likely in retaliation for the June, or, sorry, January 2020 U.S. airstrike that killed Qasim Soleimani, commander of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. The Justice Department said after the strike, leaders of the terrorist organization vowed revenge against Americans for Soleimani's death and publicly lashed out against then-President Trump and other high-ranking officials in the admin. Prosecutors say Shahram Pour Safi, a 45-year-old Iranian national and IRGC member, 
attempted to pay $300,000 to an individual in the U.S. to kill Bolton and said he had a second job for a million dollars. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was also a target of the Iranian assassination plot, according to a federal law enforcement source familiar with the investigation and sources close to Pompeo, sources say. The second job was a reference to Pompeo, a source close to Pompeo said. Dude, for a million bucks, I don't think it was Pompeo. I'm sorry. A known Iran policy hawk. War hawk, you mean. Pompeo served as Trump's Secretary of State at the time of the airstrike that killed Soleimani. He was informed directly by the Justice Department last week that he was the second target of the IRGC assassination plot, a source close to Pompeo told CNN. So, they're operating over here. Let's see. Here's one. New Langya virus infects dozens in China. Why experts say you shouldn't panic? From Adriana Rodriguez. Scientists discovered a new virus in eastern China that may be able to jump from animals to humans, but health experts say it doesn't cause for panic. Researchers identified the new pathogen they're calling Langya virus in 35 people from April 2018 to August of 2021, according to the peer-reviewed study published in the New England Journal of Medicine last week. Most of the infected patients were farmers. Out of the 26 people not co-infected with another pathogen, the most common symptoms were fever, fatigue, cough, anorexia, myalgia, nausea, headache, and vomiting. Contact tracing of the nine patients with 15 family members did not find any human-to-human -human transmission. In order to really be something we should be worried about, it's got to be able to transmit between people, Emily Gurley, epidemiologist at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, there's no evidence from this report that person-to-person -person transmission is happening. Just in time for midterms, because, I mean, coronavirus is gone. NPR is even coming out saying, no, no, we, we, you don't need to isolate anymore. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And people caught on to the crap from monkeypox. They figured that out in a hurry. So that's getting slowly swept back under the rug. So now they need a new one to make sure that they can honk the midterms. Honk honk. What else do I want to do? What else do I want to do? Here's one for you with a confirmation from the blaze and I think this will be the last one and then we'll do live chat and head out of here for the day. So the Boston Children's Hospital is now offering gender-affirming hysterectomies for young girls. Special report Boston Children's boasts a full suite of surgical options on transgender teens. It has 90 videos promoting surgeries to youth on their YouTube page. Co-director allows vaginoplasty on 17-year-olds, but hints at even younger. Let's listen to the video. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. 
Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar. Shut up. At the children's hospital. Now, if Mass General came out and said, oh yeah, no, we'll, we'll do a gender-affirming hysterectomy, you know, be an adult, informed consent, etc., do that. But this is at a children's hospital. It's time to start paying attention to the information that these kids are getting in these schools. From the Blaze, Boston Children's Hospital scrubs videos touting gender-affirming hysterectomies for young girls after online criticism. From Carlos Garcia. Boston Children's Hospital touted gender-affirming hysterectomies for young girls in a video unearthed by the popular libs of TikTok account before scrubbing from YouTube. The video featured Dr. Francis Grimstead of Boston Children's Division of Gynecology explaining the different types of hysterectomies a girl can undergo. That's a doctor? Ah, I guess I didn't see the, uh, the credentials. Is she like one of those Doogie Howser doctors that started private practice at 14? Maybe it's just age bias because I'm getting older, but I didn't think that this girl was much more than 22 or 23 when I listened to this. That's... wow. Gen uh, we, I'm not going to read that out loud. We just heard it on the video. Grimstead identified herself as an advocate of trans reproductive health in her Twitter bio, which also includes her preferred pronouns as she and her. The video is just one in a series offering explanations about other transgender-related operations such as vaginoplasty and facial feminization surgery. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy and not Every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that. The full video was made private after it was publicized and criticized by many on the right. On the hospital's website, they continue to take credit for being among the first to defend transgender rights through their gender, uh, gender multi-specialty service. As the first pediatric and adolescent transgender health program in the U.S., GEMS has long provided gender-affirming care. That care can come in several different forms. It can mean supporting kids who are exploring their gender identity, transitioning socially, for example, changing their pronouns or using an affirmed name, or modifying their clothing or pursuing medical care. Look, I don't agree with the changing of pronouns, using an affirmed name, or modifying their clothing in children, because a lot of them are going to outgrow it. But if it must be done, that's the we gotta draw the line at that. Again, on my own personal level, I would prefer to draw the line much, much, much further back. You know, a parent coming in, I feel like a girl. Eat your broccoli. 
Although you can't even do that anymore because the spanking is child abuse. But if they've got to go down this messed up road, if you feel transgendered and you're six, and it's not just a phase, then you're gonna feel that way when you're 18. And while probably not able to make an informed medical decision still at that time, are able to take on the consequences of it on yourself and not be able to sue anybody else for it. I gotta wonder how many of these progressive parents are going to be sitting up. Is, is this gonna be the new, Mor well, Maury will probably be dead by then, but is this gonna be the new Maury topic of, you know, he's sitting in there. Oh, well, the topic today, the question is, we, we've got these group of people in here. Why, why did you let me change my gender at a young age? Hey, let's bring out the parents first. That's how I picture Maury in My God, just five years. All right, that's all that I have for today. Let's do some live chat, shall we? Let's go up to the top here. I wonder how much live chat's on YouTube today. I'm gonna say that I probably got a hit at some point. Somebody was arguing with over the, uh, over something said, oh, ho, 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 guess what? I can get him hit and went out and reported the Trump video. Probably didn't even watch the Trump speech. Just looked and said, that's a Trump speech. So he said something about election misinformation. I'm going to report it. Even though when he, and he did, by the way, but my battery had died immediately before that. All right. Looking back to the top, I think we can get through everything though. So, let's just start with this. So, a little bit of light on chat today, but a lot of viewers. And again, I don't really mind if you guys aren't chatting over there. I know that you're at work, you're in the car, you're etc. But I'm just so thankful that you guys are giving me the viewership. Sharing with your friends, telling everybody else. And I will make a decision on whether I do the backup channel or if we just use the other platforms. Because of the strike. On Monday, we had Ron Helton, Quest Fanning, Arbold, Chilaga1984, Horatius, and Randy Crush Saga. On Tuesday, we had Horatius, Randy Crush Saga, Board Over V, Quest Fanning, Hoser for Life, and Arbold. On Wednesday, our chatters were Quest Fanning, Harvey McLeod, 33ED88, your local curd who did follow us, by the way. If you're not following me over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash jedgar101. Come join me. Uh, A Gains P, Randy Crush Saga, Shilaga1984, and Luke Wee, plus Arvolt24. Yesterday, our top chatters were Life to the Max, Horatius, Luke Wee, Quest Fanning, Randy Crush Saga, A Gains P, Chilaga. 1984 and Arvolt. Let's look at what's happening today. 
Do remember, some of the chats that I may not be able to read because we are trying to compete with the AM radio audience, which we're starting to as well. And again, by the way, thank you for checking us out and sharing with all your friends. While we were in the intro music, Randy Crush Saga says, I just imagined Christopher Walken saying you need more recorder on that track. Luke Weiss says, morning all. I always like the Cosmo Canyon music, which is the song that's currently playing. I've never played Final Fantasy VII, but I recognize the album as the Black Materia album that will have Final Fantasy VII on it. Or, I mean, that's all music from Final Fantasy VII. I do need to do an upgrade on the graphics card on my computer, and then I do want to do a stream of the remake of Final Fantasy VII. So that's something to watch for as we go forward. Maybe I'll go and play Final Fantasy... Is it 6 or 8 that I have? I have a PS1 version, however. Maybe I'll go play that in preparation. But I've never played 7. I've played 1, 2... Mystic Quest... And 10. That's my Final Fantasy experience. Let's see, what else do we have here? Randy says... Oh, Ron Helton's here. Morning, Luke. Randy says, Flower's no joke as far as fires and explosions. Under certain concentration, it's basically gunpowder. Mm, kind of. Not quite, but I do see where you go with that. Especially if it's dry. What else do we have? And sure enough, there's a green dust all over these facilities. It's actually less believable that the oil rig exploded. Randy says Epps was the shooter. Yeah, there you go. Raymond Epps. You have 10 watching on Twitch right now. You guys rock. I just want to say that right off the bat. Hit the subscribe button if you like what you see. Use the uh, Prime subscription if you like what you see. That really helps out, by the way. But most of all, just share with your friends. Quest Fanning is here. Accountability? Nah. Ron says, dude, if they start pushing those electric cars, we'll be rolling blackout. So stocking up on too much frozen foods is probably not a good idea. Yeah, but there are certain things that I eat a lot of that I can only get frozen. You, you don't find canned broccoli anywhere. Ron says, sorry folks, but we have to leave this corrupt government system. Let it rot. Oh, they'll come back for us. Uh, Ron Helton says, I'm not a Trump fan, even though I voted for him. He made several bonehead decisions. Yes, he did. But there should be people rotting in jail or executed. Disavow. For that Russian collusion BS that they pulled. Looks like uh, Fanning is having problems over here. SOEs. Joffer9 is here, right before we uh, got axed on YouTube. Ron Helton, the LPI has always been a political weapon. It's not really necessary time to disband those crooks. Arvold, based globe. Hell yes. Jupac Shalom is here. 
which I feel like just by the the context of the conversation, I think I know who that is, but I don't know who. Like it's it's somebody that I think that I know from either uh, Stephen Ingram's stream or a Porch Boy stream, but I don't know who it is. I hope that will be made revealed at some point. Possibly on the Discord. Join the Discord, by the way, too. You'll get updates on when we go live. You will get updates on um, when there is something like that. I'll give an update on what we're going to do about the backup channel and streaming on YouTube next week, because I guarantee you that my appeal is going to get denied. I went for three years without a problem on this platform, and I accepted the strike from Stephen Ignoramus. Because that was the inferred risk that came with letting somebody else stream off of my account in a place that I wasn't in control of. I accepted that. It happened. We went on. Steven is still one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. Nothing about that is going to change. No matter what. But this one... Again, I, I remember the entire speech that got recorded, and it was the Trump speech. And I want to know what they dinged me for. And the thing with me is if I broke the rules, I will take the consequence, but I don't believe I broke the rules on that one. Ron Helton says... I don't think they treat Nixon as bad as they have Trump. Trump upset their plans when he won, and they have been pissed ever since. If not for the jab, lockdown nonsense, and Trump's ignoring the Second Amendment, I would vote for him again. Yeah. I probably would again, because, you know, he came out and said, I, I want to fire 50,000 people, and he did say replace. But I'm not happy about that. Jupac Shalom got his leftist tears tumbler from the Daily Wire. I subscribed back in 2019. Yeah, there's just a slight delay there. If Trump admits he made mistakes, then that might be a different story, but he has to promise to adhere to a strict application of the Constitution before I would vote for him again. Shalom says, Seems like he didn't care about ethics when he ordered the witch, I mean, search warrant. Ben Wild 187 is here because everyone knows you hide nuclear secrets in your wife's wardrobe. <laughs> Ron Helt says it was a panty raid. Was it was it on PJ Patriot last night where they said, yeah, this is the largest panty raid in history or the most significant panty raid in history? Oh, it's Goats and Scarves. I know who it is now. I was going to say, I thought that I knew who it was. Ben, absolutely, you're going to see Melania's panties show up as on OnlyFans. Just to guess, I know a guy that got a temp ban on Twitch for discussing Uvalde. Uh, Ron Helton says, because BoobTube makes up their own rules. BoobTube is on the way out. No, Twitch is BoobTube. Yes, I know that the, the name... It doesn't rhyme with YouTube like BoobTube does, but, I mean, if you see some of the content that's over there, Twitch is BoobTube. We are talking because uh, Styx got suspended from Twitch indefinitely the other day. 
And I had made a comment on there. I'm like, of course you have to be on Twitch, though. Where else are you going to see Amaranth whisper into a, a weird square microphone in a bikini top that's two sizes too small? Radio. Morning radio. Sure, they can't be from showing the C-SPAN clip. No, it's from the, the live Trump speech. I did, while we were listening to the Garland video, do a bit of digging and investigation into it, but yeah, that's what it's from. Ron Helton says Garland is a political snake. He's the one who requested the warrant. Shalom says, Ministry of Truth. Randy says, if Trump's counsel was on site, why would they have broke into the safes? It's another question. That's a really good question, actually. I don't know the answer to that. Ron says, the FBI needed to be disbanded, and this was before this raid. Russiagate proved just how dishonest and crooked they are. All this going on makes The Blacklist feel like nonfiction. I've never seen the show The Blacklist. I read a Brad Thor book called The Blacklist that was really good. But that was about a dude who was cut off from the FBI and hunted by the FBI. That was a really good one. Gaines says, I wonder if they did a Mission Impossible style safe cracking with agents suspended from the ceiling by a rope. And in a truly surprising fashion, A. Gaines P mentioned agents suspended from the ceiling by the rope and Ron Helton stayed very silent. Thank you, Ron Helton, for that, by the way. At least make your work day entertaining. Shalom says, overrun on raid agents going missing. Uh, Shalom says, fell off the news cycle for a bit. Last I heard, 4chan hacked into Hunter Biden's cloud. Now Trump gets raided. Yup. It'll be the muscle for the stream. You know what? I can make that happen. Because now that I know who you are, I'm okay with doing this. No, I don't want to block and report. There we go. Now that I know who you are, I have no problem giving you the, uh, the Twitch sword. There, now you are the muscle for the stream. Review the rules that are in the Discord because they're the same as the rules that I expect applied on Twitch. Randy says the problem with the Hillary thing is that she was dead to rights caught and they just keep making stuff up for Trump that never sticks. Teflon Don. Ron says no, it doesn't have to be in New York. It's a federal matter, but it could be in New York in a federal court. She violated federal rules, not state. I thought, and I might be wrong on this, it's the reason that I said what I said is that you have to be, if you commit the crime and it's a federal crime, it is tried in the closest federal court to where the crime happened as possible. Now, of course, if it's running all across the country, they can just pick one. But that's why I had said New York, because that's the closest, because there is a federal court in New York, obviously. So I would think that because of... Um, What's the 
city that she's in, Chappaquiddick, because of her Chappaquiddick home, that she would be tried in Manhattan for something like that. It's not that easy to liquidate hard assets without taking a huge loss. Yes, that is another thing too, and that's why we do the Bitcoin every morning. In spite of the fact that I know Ron doesn't care for Bitcoin because if you ha can't hold it or mold it, you should have already sold it. That is probably one of the most liquid and fastest assets that you can get cash in your hand for. Stocks, buildings, homes, etc. Those take time. Bitcoin, especially if you have a significant amount of it, you can have it in your hand within 20 minutes. Harvey McLeod says, reliable information. Or, well, we didn't start the fire. Shalom says, gas has gone down a dollar in Kentucky. Yeah, it's a little over a dollar down here, but it's starting to come back to the upswing. <laughs> Arvold says, hula hoops, Castro, Edsel is a no-go. Is that an Edsel? I thought that was a Bel Air. Ron says, my local gas station had a high at 529. Now it's 369. Needs to be much lower to restart the economy. Yes. Ben Wild, the new virus. Wait, I got this t-shirt. Arvold had a lot of fun with this one. Government, no reason to panic. Me. Oh shit, must be really bad. No human-to-human -human transmission. Wait, I know this one. This is child abuse. Horrifying. Shalom says, I think a lot of these people that sport hormone blockers and hysterectomies for children also cry about circumcision. Not so much on men, but especially female circumcision they cry about. Arvold says, remember when they came out and said depression was not caused by chemical imbalance? Trans will be the same. Trans people suing their parents on Judge Jerry Springer. Yes. Is the backup channel named Forked YouTube? 10 out of 10 would recommend J. Edgar 101. I might go change the name on it just for that. I know the email address it's under. But it doesn't have enough subscribers to have a long enough uh, or a, a custom uh, extension. So because I've never had to use it. Twitch Rubate, which is a new name here, says we should be careful operating and giving medical treatments to young people who want to change gender. Instead, they should be involved in discussion on why they feel that way and so on. I know it's not that simple, but it's a better start than what we are doing right now. Yes, and that's the thing. And that's where I said too, if you are, if you feel this way, it's the puberty blocker things that, that really bothers me, especially with the, the stuff about the, the cheese pie in the fence door. The thing that uh, that really gets me with the cheese pie in the fence door stuff is, you know, what what do puber, puberty blockers do? Is they, they keep you young, for, they keep you from going through puberty, which would keep you from aging. And now all of a sudden you have a mass of people who are democratic supporters, who look like little kids, but are legal. I mean, there is some sick stuff that goes on ahead of the, the elites. Shalom says those electric trucks can't haul the same distance as a gas truck with a quarter tank. Fair. 
Rubate says, I think we need to be careful about what we say and what signals we send to children. We risk creating a large amount of confused kids. Well, we've already got that, but... Yeah. Yeah, and I, like I said, I knew that I'd seen you in here before. Shalom. I just didn't know who you were. I was thinking maybe, like, I actually thought it was Nephilim, to be completely honest. But yeah, now I know it's Goats and Scarves, and yeah, I have no problem giving away the sword for that. Uh, Twitch says, Twitch is an extreme left-leaning website, just like the majority of social media, or twitch bait, as I call them these days, allowing underage kids to watch girls in bikinis spreading their legs while stretching. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, there are a couple of the girls that I follow on Twitch just because they're good looking. I don't dare talk about my politics in their stream. Uh, Shalom says YouTube community guidelines is the goalposts in perpetual motion. Yes, they say that a perpetual motion machine is impossible. Well, YouTube community guidelines begs to differ. Harvey McLeod says, yeah, I think kids need to not have social media. Don't give them the means to get on Insta or TikTok or any of that nonsense. They can play my old games on Switch. Yeah, my sister was actually freaking out over Roblox when Pugsley and Wednesday decided that they wanted to go get Roblox for a good reason. Now she's got parental controls that prevent most of the the problem stuff, but a lot of parents don't go through that uh, that kind of thing like my sister does. Twitch Rebate says, yes, so they can go outside and play with other kids, get some fresh air, learn how to appreciate nature, etc. I mean, why not both? Harvey says, kids like doing things that require energy. Running around, going to the park, gymnastics, football, etc. I like those things too, by the way. Harvey says, full stop. I did not get my son, uh, son circumcised. Well, that is your choice. I believe you're Catholic, though. So that seems like that would be contradictory. I don't know if you are or not, but I believe you're Catholic. Are you not? I don't know. That's that's really between you and Mr. McLeod and little baby McLeod, so that's not really a lot of our business, but I, I was just surprised by that, honestly. I am, and I'm not even Catholic. I wasn't raised Catholic either. I was raised Lutheran. I think it's better instead of spending money on hormone therapy and surgeries, it should be spent on regular therapy and continue set therapy until they're older. Once they're adults, they can decide. Yeah, Twitch rebate. Yeah, if you want to stick around, hit that, hit that follow button. We'd love to have you again. We're here every morning, every weekday morning. We're not here on weekends. We're here every weekday morning, so we'd love to see more of you around here. Or again, hit the Discord. Come in and We'll get some conversations going. I'm trying to build more Discord. It's just, it's hard when you work all the time. Get more conversations going, get more voice chat going, stuff like that. It 
Is that why you started watching your Fallout stream? Being... You are cute, but I don't go after married chicks, so... That is a line I will not cross. Ever. Because I know how much it sucks to be the other guy on the other side. It's a respect thing. When Liz left and I was so depressed and it was because she had met, she, well, she'd been leading me along too. So there was some fault on her side too, but still, I don't want any other dude to feel the way that I felt that day when I heard, I have something to tell you and you're not gonna like it. I don't ever wanna voice that on somebody else. Unless he's slapping her around, then we'll have a conversation about that. Arvel, wait, this happens on Twitch? I'll be right back. Oh yeah. All the smut and e-thottery on Twitch is crazy. Harvey is Southern Baptist. But the point is we're not Jewish. Shalom, we're not. Mr. McLeod and I aren't. Yeah, I... I guess maybe I just did make an assumption on that because of your Mexican heritage. And I've said before, Mexican, like the Hispanic community does tend to be largely Catholic. But I had thought that you'd mentioned being Catholic at one point too. So I, I apologize if I misrepresented that. More Fallout streams? Yeah, that's why when I met McLeod, that's what she was doing. She was playing New Vegas, and that is one of my favorite games. Although, again, once I do Mass Effect, I am so excited to play a video game on stream that's not Fallout, or play a video game that's not Fallout on my off time. I play StarCraft 2. Or Stardew, one of the two. Ooh, I gotta get out of here. Arvel says, Harvey's a funny name for a girl. Harvey says, it's an alias. I watched my new Vegas stream on YouTube the other day. It's so funny. Yeah, Mass Effect is fun. It's highly recommended, and I have done a good job of avoiding spoilers on a 10-plus-year-old game. So, fairly excited for this, but I know we'll be back over the weekend doing some more um, Fallout 3 wrapping some of the stuff on that. I do want to do a little bit more exploring than what I've done so far. But I also kind of want to wrap it up. And I know that we'll hit some of the other sites on the game after the main story with Broken Steel. We're not going to hit all of them, but I know we'll hit a lot more. But also, yeah, run out. Dive into a cave. Maybe do a little bit more of the metro station. It's funny because I've told, I've said on end how much I love the metro system in Fallout 3, and we've barely touched it. We've almost entirely not touched the Metro system, and it's one of my favorite aspects of the game. I'm an old Diablo player, so... The dungeon diving aspect is very, very appealing to me. Yeah, I'm trying to get good at StarCraft, so John will come and play with me on co-op missions. All right, it is five to 
10. I have to get out of here, like now. So let's finish this up and let's get out of here. I was hoping that maybe if I ended at 9.15 and started doing live chat, I wouldn't be rushing around at 9.55, but it is what it is. It's not a predictable science. It's just what happens. Let's get the outro music up. Let's get out of here. So, hiccups again. Thanks, everybody, for coming by, hanging out, chatting in the live chat. Everybody who's been with us through the week, we'll be back here next week for more contemporary news on the Discord as what we're going to do about the YouTube situation. But as we saw from this, a lot of you don't really even watch on YouTube. I mean, it's nice to get out there and have it for posterity, so I don't have to go back and screw around the uh, videos on demand. But, yeah, I get almost no live-streaming audience on YouTube, so... I don't know if I'm actually going to wake up the backup channel for it or not because there's so little engagement on that platform. We'll find out. We'll, we'll see what, what goes on with that. We'll talk about that. But otherwise, come back here and join me Saturday. Potential, most likely, Fallout 3 stream. Monday, more contemporary. And Monday night, another Fallout 3 stream for that. So definitely looking forward to seeing you guys for that. Love to see you guys here. Love the interaction. This has been probably one of the most interactive streams that we've done so far a lot of stuff going on here a lot of chatter love to see it helps boost the pro uh, profile over on the twitch side too so thank you guys for that we will see you here next time stick around for the raid and until then i am jay edgar and this is contemporary take care